The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features ensure that you can take on any adventure. What kind of features? Well, how about the available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud? Or the standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together? How about available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone? We're always trying to think about those great spring and summer getaways, but with a car like the Hyundai Santa Fe, anywhere can be your next adventure. To learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe, go to HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Bud Elliott. I'm Chip Patterson. You see those sirens in your feed. You know exactly what that means. It is your Tom Brady retirement. No, 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 no. I'm just kidding. Tom Brady retirement. Tom Brady retirement. Tom Brady retirement. Bud Elliott. Uh, Caleb Williams, the the top most coveted transfer in the entire transfer portal, has uh, informed. I saw Pete Thamel had it reported first, at least uh, on my radar. And I'm, the, the stream is going to continue to roll. Thank you, those of you who are joining us on YouTube. Um, Caleb Williams is going to USC. Lincoln Riley has his quarterback for his first year with the Trojans. And the the same thing we said on this show the first and most instant thought is what ends up happening. Uh, your thoughts as we sit here on Tuesday afternoon, right ahead of National Signing Day. I mean, it, it's it's just a, such a massive get for Lincoln Riley and, and the Trojans. This is the guy that can be a difference maker for them. And uh, Caleb Williams was just an absolute beast last year. There, there, there's no, no no two ways about it, Chip. Um, but think about the numbers that he put up as a true freshman for Oklahoma. 65% completions, 21 to 4 touchdown to picks, adjusted yard, net yards per attempt, which of course accounts for those picks, 8.8, almost 11 air yards per pass, so he wasn't dinking and dunking it. Basically equally good against man and zone, could have done a little bit better job with, with, with some of the sacks, but again, he's a true freshman. Um, and on the ground, a legitimate threat that we talked about this on cover three quite a bit, how it turned around a lot of that offense when defenses had to start respecting his legs since Oklahoma's run game was really not that good last year before he was inserted in there. 568 on 59 rushes. Texas fans will uh, not very fondly remember one of those long rushes, six touchdowns, and, and very much like good inside and out as a runner. Uh, th- this is a, a get that can jumpstart USC immediately. Do you think that it was important that he was able to get this news out of the way? Because, you know, we, Chris Hummer on this show had sort of detailed the idea that he could run totally on his own timeline and, and still be fine and be Caleb Williams. He could announce whenever he could come in the fall. Do you think that getting this out here, um, you know, we, National Signing Day is tomorrow. So this is absolutely going to color a lot of our conversation about Lincoln Riley and USC 
no matter what else is happening for the Trojans here with the 2022 class. Caleb Williams is a a new arrival. Um, it you did a great job of talking about first year coaches. We've got the the high school rankings and then the transfer rankings, and this is for USC. Uh, obviously, one of the biggest gets that you could have. But the end result still could have been Caleb Williams starts week one for USC, and you could have announced this in March. He could have enrolled in the summer. It could have happened as late as the fall. Do you think it was important to go ahead and get this out of the way? I I do because I think it creates more momentum for them, not only for, for tomorrow where they have National Signing Day. There's a couple kids they're still in on, and it's not going to have the biggest impact there. Uh, and, of course, choosing to drop it on the day that Tom Brady retires is, is probably a game of chicken that Caleb Williams lost, right? Like, <laughs> guess what? You think Caleb's dad had a line on when Tom's retirement would be? Because we can probably play six degrees of connection and get get them on a couple levels, but I don't, I don't think, I think it's clear he did not have the line on it. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. Other, like, yes. like if you knew that Tom was dropping this today, you would have dropped this yesterday. Yeah. You know, assuming that, that your, your people got the video done with that, uh, with Snoop and, and Will Ferrell and whatnot on time to, to maximize the exposure, choosing to do it on the day that the best quarterback ever retires is not really smart. And I know that's probably not what our, our listeners care about, but my guess is like they thought, Hey, uh, Schefter scooped it on what Friday or Saturday and maybe like Tom will announce officially on Monday and then he puts a little more drama. It doesn't go till Tuesday. They're probably thinking, hey, Brady Monday, Caleb Tuesday, and ultimately um, they they kind of lost that little game of chicken with Tom Brady since he dropped it on his IG today. little classic notes app there uh, released from I didn't read any of I'm way more excited about Caleb Williams. Let yeah. the let the record show that Tom Brady's official retirement did not get me hot and bothered and running up for the uh, the CBS Sports HQ breaking news gear quite like uh, quite like this Caleb Williams. But that's the weird world I live in. What do we say to a Wisconsin fan? What do we say to a UCLA fan? Because there were other schools in the running. Maybe even Oklahoma. It kind of seemed like they were bringing up the rear of those four. How how real do you think the that this got for any one of those fan bases to get the top transfer quarterback? I, I do think it was real. Um, I, I think it was real because our Chris Hummer reported it was real, and, and he's had a really good line on this really the whole time. But yet he still kept saying, I still think it's USC over the field, but I think Caleb is really trying, and, and, and Carl, his dad, are really trying to do their due diligence. They're trying to look at all this stuff, make sure they make the right decision uh, for them and, and, and for their family and for their stated goal, not of winning a national title, but of being 1-1, the number one overall draft pick. That's what they want to do. Uh, so to me, since Lincoln Riley's already done that twice, it kind of makes sense to, to go there. And uh, Chip, I'm, I'm very excited about, about, about this, this transfer class that USC is putting together now. I think they're currently, what are the number three in our, our transfer ratings? And I'm waiting for that uh, to update officially on the site. Uh, but I think they'll probably end up challenging Ole Miss or coming close for the number one. It's Ole Miss, LSU, class. and USC, right? Those yeah. are our top three for the transfer rankings, and Ole Miss, and then course. a pretty good gap. Yeah, yeah. After and that, Ole Miss getting Jackson Dart to sort of anchor that one, and the uh, the Portal King, and then of course LSU has been literally rebuilding its roster through the transfer portal with significant contributors all over the place. Um, for USC and looking at this offense, you know where. Do you think it is plug and play with uh, all the familiarity that you have, quarterback, head coach, the system he's going to bring in, the idea that you can put so many different skill players around him and find creative ways to build out 
um, the, a USC offense that, look, I, I will be prone to hyperbole right now. There is no reason why USC shouldn't have the most, the best offense in the Pac-12. Like with Caleb Williams on board, USC should have the best offense in the Pac-12. Now, will they win a Pac-12 championship? Will they compete for a college football playoff? I think that's more like devil in the details when we talk about improving your run game, your offensive line, your defense. You know, how are you going to stack up against some of the different styles within the Pac-12? But there is no doubt in my mind that the expectation looking up and down the Pac-12 should be set at the Trojans will have the most explosive offense. And we thought we'd have that when Graham Harrell first arrived and it kind of came with fits and starts throughout the his time there. So some of this is going to come down, right, to how well do they block up front? And, and we're still going to have to see. I, I've heard some real mixed things about the transfer they took out, out of Virginia. We'll see how his shoulder holds up. Uh, but from a skill position standpoint, A, USC already had some really good guys. B, they loaded up that room quite a bit more through the use of the portal. Uh, Travis Dye, who was Oregon's best running back last year uh, you know, before some of the injury stuff. Austin Jones, obviously, from Stanford, who's another quality back that they get in the fold. They get Jerry Rice's kid, Brendan Rice, from Colorado. They get Mario Williams, who was another class of 2021 stud out of Plant City, Florida, who went to Oklahoma. Now he's transferring with his buddy Caleb to USC. You also get Terrell Bynum, receiver out of Washington, Chip, Washington was not the best offense last year to showcase oh, your receiver talent in. So, yeah. We discussed that a lot. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I, I think this will really just help jumpstart these guys quite a bit. Uh, this is probably the best case scenario you could have wanted. And as we discussed on yesterday's Cover 3 episode, they're not taking a crazy number of high schoolers other than the ones that Lincoln Riley already had a connection with when he was at Oklahoma. Go transfer heavy in year one when you only have a couple weeks to put that class together before the early signing period. Next year, full year of recruiting, right? You got you got Annie Hansen there. You got a bunch of stud recruiters on this staff now. You got a huge marketing department. USC is literally spending where you need to be spending. And I mean that like literally. You got a lot of playing time to sell next year. You got a lot of spots in that class to sell next year. If you're USC next year, your goal becomes, hey, come play with Caleb as a true freshman in his final year in college football and, uh, and and just absolutely go and dominate on the recruiting trail. Maybe USC can go and, and get the number one class again. And Chip, by the way, had to jump uh, for CBS HQ as well. Uh, but I'll keep this thing going here. Uh, I want to make sure that I direct you guys to uscfootball.com. That's uscfootball.com. My friend Ryan Abraham runs that, does a tremendous job. Already has five stories on the front page and a 60% off annual VIP VIP membership promo, uh, which is great. Then you get the Paramount Plus as well with that, which we talk about. And, and honestly, the ad read for most of these shows is Paramount Plus based, right? Uh, so, guys, that, that's a great deal over there. Check out uscfootball.com. They have the Peristyle podcast as well. One of our most successful and longest running uh, podcasts out there in the 24-7 Sports Network. Really great job that Ryan Abraham and those guys do. Uh, I'll open this up to questions, obviously, coming in in our uh, in our YouTube page. Make sure you like and subscribe our YouTube. Uh, that really helps us out. I think we're at 13,000-ish right now. We'd love to get 20,000 by the end of the offseason. I think that's, that's pretty cool uh, to have for a, a college football show. And, uh, yeah, now I'm going to play host and analyst. Uh, DK is uh, is – 
maybe coming later, but I don't think so at this point because he's getting back from an appointment. What uh, what questions do we have? I, I've got a little bit of time here. Uh, if you guys want to fill some of this, I'm looking at some of the instant reactions. Got my buddy uh, Ralph Russo texting me, uh, and I'm going to be joining him later on the uh, AP Top 25, the Associated Press one, uh, which would be pretty cool. Yeah, uh, P-plus is a good bargain, says one of the commenters. Chip did not pay for my endorsement. Yeah, it really is. My, my, my wife loves that as well. I don't get to watch a, a whole lot of TV. Uh, where do I think USC will be ranked in the preseason poll? I mean, if you guys have had to do this exercise, um, like I have, and we did our draft, I think USC with Caleb is likely to be ranked as a, a top 10 team in the preseason poll, right? I have to think. That they will be looking here at my, I, I maintain a little top twenty-five composite sheet where I have all the preseason polls uh, combined, obviously, and that's like twenty-four-seven Sporting News, ESPN, Fox, Yahoo, uh, CBS, a couple other ones. So Alabama, Ohio State, UGA, Texas A&M, Michigan, Clemson, Notre Dame, Utah, Baylor, Wake Forest, Michigan State, Arkansas, Oklahoma State, Oregon, Oklahoma, Iowa, Cincinnati. USC was 22nd in, in the data that I pulled off this, which most of it is, is three weeks old. Now, I do not think that they will be ahead of Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, A&M. If Harbaugh leaves for the Minnesota Vikings or the Miami Dolphins, and of course he is uh, reportedly interviewing with Minnesota, and we'll talk to Sam Webb about that maybe later this week. Uh, he's interviewing with them on signing day, which is kind of a weird Weird juxtaposition, right? And, and kind of weird for PR. Uh, guys, is there any reason why USC cannot be rated higher in the preseason? Now, I'm not saying they should be, but would you put it beyond the media or the coaches to look at the transfer hall that USC just got and uh, and have them over a Michigan in the preseason? Uh, over maybe a Clemson, who certainly has some quarterback uncertainties, not as to who will be the quarterback, but as to how well – DJU will play. Uh, Notre Dame lost a couple key guys, but they do bring a lot back. Utah, a, a team that that pretty well handled this USC squad last year. Baylor, Wake Forest. I, it's not out of the realm of possibility to think that USC, thanks to its transfer hall, uh, will end up in the preseason top ten. I don't know if they'll actually stay there. We'll have to see. Certainly, a, a difficult schedule. And they do still have issues along the offensive line and along the defensive line. Uh, but a big-time quarterback can make a, a real difference in this sport, as we've seen. Even go back to the days of like Ben Roethlisberger at, at Miami, Ohio. It's not like they had a whole lot of talent there, and he really carried a team like that. So to answer your question, I think maybe a top 10 is, uh, is certainly possible. Let's take another question here. Uh, Coco, what should we take? Uh, Shout out to everybody who got that Caleb Williams Heisman number at a good number uh, for sure. What odds do you take USC to win the Pac-12? Um, well, last year I took USC or I took UCLA and Utah at what plus a thousand and plus eight hundred for the South, just fading USC and fading um, fading Utah. Does anybody even have conference odds out right now? I, as far as the, the books that I can see, I, I don't, uh, I, I don't know of any. Um, if they're the favorite, 
in that division. And again, I'm not totally sure they are. Utah does bring back a, a good amount and should be very good again. And there's certainly a, a situation and, and maybe a probability that they can't handle Utah uh, up front. But if they are, I don't know, let's say, say they're in the South, I, I would probably take a shot at like plus 500 for the league. You know, would I buy USC 10 to 1 for the national title? Uh, no, no. See, there, there are some teams east of the Mississippi River who have dudes up front that I don't think USC can handle right now. That's Lincoln Riley's job is to, is to get back, keeping some of those guys out west, basically go and say, hey, we have right of first refusal on everybody west of the Rockies like we used to. And we understand that when these kids go on these tours out east, they they see some things and some offers from some of these southern schools that maybe we normally didn't do out here. Uh, but now that they've you know got a taste of that and come back, that's sort of the expectation, and we have to meet that expectation and really make sure we have great NIL and uh, and show them that the the way to a national title is to stay home. I don't think all these teams in the Pac-12 can be great, but again, if USC does consolidate the talent out west and does a little bit of national recruiting, which is very reasonable. Again, this is exactly the reason why I thought Mario Cristobal should leave Oregon because Oregon has had it on easy mode for a long time recruiting-wise with USC. I mean, I like Clay Helton personally, but that was kind of easy mode for Oregon recruiting against him. Uh, yeah, that's that's kind of what, what that is. They have to be all focused on 23. Do I think USC will be able to compete in recruiting with the likes of Alabama, Georgia, A&M, et cetera, in the coming years? Um, I do. I don't think Lincoln Riley takes that job if he didn't think that USC was going to be all in with that. Now, does that mean they're going to beat all those schools for the number one class immediately? Not necessarily. No. Uh, but I do think that they are going to, it used to be like, Hey, who was going to have the number one class? Typically whoever owned the state of Florida, one of the Southern schools, be it LSU, Georgia, Bama in some order, USC, they would always classically close very late in the afternoon on signing day. Texas with Mac Brown, uh, typically like that. USC has sort of taken a step back in recent years. They, they've still had good classes, but they haven't had like the crazy, just, oh my God, ridiculous classes. And uh, I think they will, uh, I think they'll pretty quickly get back in that game. All right. Uh, how does it affect Malachi Nelson's recruiting? Is he going to sit behind Williams given he's the number two national player in 2023? I, look, 2023 guys are not going to enroll until 2023. I highly doubt Caleb Williams plans to play more than two years at USC. And uh, if you're Malachi, if you're about Malachi Nelson, I, I'm not trying to pitch him to go to USC here or to stick there. Uh, but realistically, you know. You don't see a whole lot of these guys who who come in and say, hey, you have to guarantee me a starting spot as a freshman. Sitting behind the potential number one overall pick in the draft uh, is not necessarily the, wor the worst thing if it's for one year. If it's for three years, well, that sucks, right? You want to get those reps. You want to go somewhere that you can play. But sitting behind them for one year is really not the worst thing in the world. Sit one, start two. Uh, maybe if you're blowing some folks out, like I think USC will expect to do, then you get into some of these these games in mop up duty and uh, and 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 take care of business there. 
I'll take one or two more here. I feel like since this is an instant reaction, we do want to get this out. It definitely shakes up the balance of power, I believe, immediately in the Pac-12. If you had USC as like the fourth or fifth best team in the league, I think you need to probably move them to somewhere between first and third, I would would guess. Uh, If USC isn't, quote, back by the start of 2024 where they ditch Lincoln Riley, I, I doubt it. Um, that seems like like something they're going to give this guy some time. Expectations will will be big, but uh, I don't think they're going to be playing the the two to three year coaching carousel game. And again, if you're doing it right, most of these other schools in that league can't hang with you. Like I've always said, this there's a gear that USC can get to. Now they don't always shift into that gear, but there is a gear that they can shift into that you as a as a school, if your name is not USC out west. You can't get to that gear. USC's best is definitively better than like a Utah's best or an Oregon's best or something like that, right? When they're winning national titles, they're not squeaking by guys or, or you know coming close. They're stomping people. Look, look at what that great USC team did to an Oklahoma down there in the Orange Bowl, right? Um, that's what it looks like. That's why they went out and got Lincoln Riley. So... Anyway, I really appreciate this. I'm going to go jump on uh, quickly with the Associated Press, and then I'm going to go – I got, got a couple things I got to plug first, so stick around for a second. Tomorrow, we will be live at noon, Cover 3 special. It's going to be the Cover 3 lunchtime hangout with myself and Cooper, Patag- Cooper Patagna, the head of scouting for 24-7 Sports, and we will not be on this channel. We will be on the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel, which will actually be a live broadcast 9 to 5 tomorrow in addition to being on CBS HQ. Uh, but if you want the Bud Show, that is specifically at noon, although I do have segments in both the morning and the afternoon. We will also be doing a Cover 3 recap. N- my guess is not live because I don't want to tell you guys a certain time, but that will be out in the evening. So it'll be kind of the broader topics, how this stuff affects college football. But you definitely want to watch you know, 10 straight hours of coverage tomorrow. I would at least put it on, on your TVs on CBS HQ. I have it on in the background all the time on mine as opposed to watching a bunch of shows where the producers tell each side what opinion to take and they just yell at each other uh, all the time. Although I did get to watch some of that yesterday when I was at the barbershop uh, because that's what they had on. Anyway, really appreciate you guys liking and subscribing. Yes. Chip, I appreciate because I, I got to jump to go do the Associated Press show real quick. I, I promised him I would. Uh, we, we hit on the impact immediately, what this means for USC recruiting, what odds would you take USC to win the South, uh, Somebody wanted to know if, if Lincoln Riley doesn't win the national title, I think, by 2024, would they ditch him? So I'm thinking that's a little bit of uh, a Big Ten expectations. And I plugged the uh, show tomorrow on CBS HQ and 24-7 Sports YouTube channel, which is where that one's going to live. Uh, but our recap will be back here on the Cover 3 side, and we'll also probably have some nice uh, VOD segments to put in this channel as well. Did I miss anything? Yeah, I, I just was USC in trouble if Caleb didn't went somewhere else? I still say no because somebody would have left okay. and gone to them post spring. That was the take I just sprung on HQ, and you never know. You know, it felt good, it felt really good coming up. I was like, look, if if he hadn't gone, this would have been a quarterback room which could have gotten a little bit dicey, and maybe uh, someone decides to transfer again after spring practice, and Lincoln Riley finds his guy. But you know, it was pitched to me as like, oh, we all knew this was going to happen. And it's like, yeah, sure, but if it didn't, 
then the Trojans might have been in trouble. So he arrives and we have all these sky high expectations that uh, we were talking about earlier. But that was the thing that's lingering to me. Like, boy, it's kind of good Caleb Williams did because it, it might have been a little dicey if, uh, if, if he had ended up surprising everybody and, and going to Wisconsin or elsewhere. Absolutely, man. Hey, guys, like and subscribe. Let's let's get to 15,000 before the end of February and 20,000 by the end of the offseason. Yeah, I think, I think we can do it. Tell your friends. Mailbag's, uh, mailbag's been popping, too. So make Grab sure your wife's phone, your husband's phone. Subscribe <laughs> on that. Kids iPad for kid-friendly. So, yeah. All right, I got to jump. I'll see you, buddy. You can follow him on Twitter at BudElliott3. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Chat, thanks you very much. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com.